Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello? Hi. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm in the woods right now, listening to folklore. How are you? Are you actually in the woods? <laughs> no, I'm woods adjacent, though. It's like oh. five feet away from me. No, I was like, <laughs> can I just say before we even get started, I was going to drag you later in the episode, but I feel like we should just start off. Um, I love the meme that was like, gays in the woods, posting, <laughs> listening to folklore. And then I go on Instagram and it's like you shirtless, black and white in the woods. And I was like, you know what? I appreciate it. You know what? Lean in. That's what I say. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I need to do mine now too. Should I do it? I mean, probably. I'll because... just take a tripod with me to Central Park and look like a total, uh, whatever. A total. F- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really listen to this music for the. <laughs> yeah. Folklore. Folklore. <laughs> <laughs> Canceled 30 seconds into the episode. Uh... Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Legends Only, your weekly pop culture podcast where we are taking you back to the woods and talking about Legends Only. And as always, thank you so much to all of our supporters on Patreon, patreon.com slash legends only. We have another final part to the three-part Q&A for you guys on Patreon and some more fun things coming. Thank you guys so much for your support. We appreciate it. We so appreciate the support, and we are very excited to be continuing to pump out some bonus content. You guys seem to be really enjoying that, so we're just gonna it's just gonna keep getting better on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, you know some fun new power hours coming. The girls are requesting <laughs> more Twitch streams. So I don't know. We got to figure something out. We do. We have to do like a, a live moment on maybe <laughs> right. like a I don't uh, blackout like, a, like <laughs> one where you don't exit the screen. Maybe like a live Instagram again where we could screen grab or something something more interactive. Right. I still cannot believe I fucking did that. Yeah. No, you did. You fully walked in uh, out of your own birthday party, which <laughs> is fitting. So I showed up to your party, <laughs> blacked out, and then walked out. We will get there Uh, later, though. Yeah. But anyway, so um, this is also our final episode of July 2020. Can you believe? I can't, because what is time anymore? 
And then honestly, well, wake me up when September ends because I just want this whole year to be over. Yeah, I'm excited for 2024 to roll around when we can start going out. But <laughs> until then, <laughs> let's get into this week. So to start off, I feel like we have to shout out a new friend of the pod. We do. Well, I yes. not like total friend of the pod, like listen to one episode. Deep friend of the pod, <laughs> long established friend of the pod. Yes, um, the open toes Chanteuse herself, Miss mm-hmm. Catherine McPhee. I was informed that she listened to last week's episode and that she thought it was very funny. She did, yes. And I kind of um, freaked out a little bit because I made a little joke about her and I was like nervous because, you know, I don't like to offend any legends. We like to have fun, but she loved it. She laughed, so. She loves to have fun and so does her gay social media intern. She loved it. And uh, she followed across our socials. She did. You know what? She's a Legends Only fan, just like the rest of you. So, Catherine McPhee is following Legends Only on Twitter. Are you? (laughs) Twitter.com slash Legends Only underscore pod. Available now for free, where we tweet once a week. Yeah. (laughs) We got to, we'll come up with social strategy. You know what? We'll ask her social gay for a good social strategy for us. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit up our intern. Um, (laughs) <laughs> AKA you and me. <laughs> All right. Well, normally at this moment in the pod, we would have a section that we like to call quarantine but she's on pause for a hot second. However, we did want to just do a quick thought. Fo- I mean, I joked about this last week where I was like, we're done. I'm over this. I'm not talking about it again. Fast forward to now. And I'm like, well, there's a little update. But I felt like, I don't know, we just want to keep everyone up to speed with the happenings in the world of Spears. Mm -hmm. So last week, there was a hearing in the courthouse in L.A. that was supposed to be an update. We don't know what the update was. It was just some sort of part of the process with her conservatorship. And ultimately, the hearing was not able to take place. And the reasoning was because this was all done on teleconference because we're obviously in the middle of a pandemic and four unauthorized users went into the court's teleconference. I don't know if it was zoom or like, do we know what, if it was zoom Microsoft teams, well, one of the headlines were that it was zoom bombed. So I don't know if it was really zoom. That is so sad. I, you would think it's something, I don't know. I don't know. But right? anyway. like, why does this courthouse not have a secure system? They're like literally FaceTiming her. <laughs> right. They're like, here's the, here's the Skype. Everyone join on. And I'm like, yeah, can you, can you log? Yeah. It's so weird. Like I'm even sure my, my personal free zoom account has a password and a meeting, like a lot, what's it called? The lobby where you have to like let people in, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that judge was just, that poor judge was probably sitting there like, what was that? <laughs> every single time someone popped in, <laughs> like, could you just imagine sitting there and like all of a sudden it's just like, <laughs> Bye, Glory. <laughs> oh my God, bye. And honestly, God help whoever it was popping in because the wrath of the fan base will be upon you forever. Yeah. So allegedly, it was three unauthorized people and then a fourth who was allegedly a documentary, documentary. filmmaker. Mm. The identities of whoever it was that Zoom bombed Britney's court hearing have not been made public. The audacity of it all. I, 
I mean, yeah, like they just derailed. I mean, it only got postponed by a month, so it's not really that much extra time. Yeah, but not great. No. Just, yeah. Just let it let it happen. If, if you, you feel, feel it, it, let, let it, it happen. happen. <laughs> Literally, like she meant that about the court case. <laughs> yeah. So TBD until August nineteenth, which is the tentative next date. Yep. And then also there was some activity on Instagram as well as a podcast. She did another oh. Q&A where she made a Frozen reference where she referenced the scene of and I've never seen Frozen so like I don't I don't know. No, same. But like uh, all I know about Frozen is that like it's cold. Um so she slightly referenced the character who goes back to her castle because she's over it. And I'm obsessed with that fact. I'm obsessed with that's what she pulled from Frozen. Is So the first main question that you guys have been asking me is what's my favorite Disney movie? My favorite Disney movie is probably Frozen just because I really like the fact that the two sisters, um, their relationship, and then one goes off and lives in a castle just because she can't deal anymore. The highly relatable going to hide in the castle because she just can't deal with it anymore, which honestly is that just... Same. I mean, I'm not in a castle. I'm in a box. Right. <laughs> I'm in a shoebox city, but also city. same away from everyone. Yeah. So people have been taking that meaning in however they want to take it. But we know that she loves a Disney movie. We know that she loves a Disney princess. She does. You all know that we don't love our Disney princesses. We don't know them. So we're going to end I this Disney so. convo. That is Disney, right? Yes. Okay. I was like, oh shit. I was like, I was like, wait, is it DreamWorks? I can never tell anymore. Everything's animated. I just don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was Shade at Frozen on Broadway because her Broadway musical didn't get to open. Maybe. (laughs) Once upon a 2022. (laughs) Once upon a pandemic coming soon. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah. There was also some activity on Jamie Lynn's Instagram as well. She was really active in the comments section of her recent post where she screenshot some tweets from celebrities that were discussing like Halsey. Yeah. I mean, I got to say, like, we've joked about Halsey before, but like, she's got a point in her recent tweets. She has so many points. And I don't think we're going to get into that deep of a conversation about all of that here because it's a very heavy, nuanced conversation about mental health mm-hmm. as well as bipolar disorder. Yep. Anyway, to quickly sum it up, Jamie Lynn screenshot these tweets. She posted them on Instagram. And then I felt like she was really making a lot of respectable points in the comments that she was making and the way that she was responding to people. And she was leaving a lot of really sweet comments on people who were writing like really vulnerable, open details about their own struggles and saying, thank you for writing about this because I have this struggle or, you know, this loved one in my life is going through this. And she was writing hearts and just really sweet things. And I just, I don't know, I have so much respect for her and I feel like, We've seen all the hate that she gets and just the floods of comments. And so for her to still be able to be respectful and just engage with people and not delete her Instagram. I mean, I can't even imagine like the pressure that she probably feels, but yeah, I thought she, uh, I thought she said a lot of really helpful, sweet things. And I thought that, you know, in some of the nastier ones that the clapbacks were professional and even, 
headed and that she expressed thanks for people being concerned about her sister. And she also clapped back at anyone, you know, making judgments about whether she has mental illness or what that means. And uh, I don't envy being in her position. No. Uh, so, you know, she said very clearly that the person involved did not want this to be a public matter. So I think she's doing the best she can with this balancing act of uh, being public and having a very personal issue happening. And, you know, I just think of the Jamie Lynn that we grew up loving next to Brittany, the classic, well, then move the fuck out and the classic grabbing a knife <laughs> to defend uh, in a, what was a, like a subway or something. She's defensive. She's she's a scrappy uh, little sister. And I just, I love that about her. And I think she is regularly on the defense for her sister. Yeah. Um, so I liked everything she said. Of course, <laughs> then her brother <laughs> gets yes. into the mix. This was the most unexpected thing. As if 2020... Yes. So her brother, who has been out of the public eye for, I want to say, a decade? Yeah, like always, really. Like, he never was, like, in the... Like, he was in paparazzi pictures, but it wasn't really a thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he was really ever public to begin with. He just kind of, you know, we knew him from the entourage that she had for so many years and, like, appearing in pictures and stuff, and that was her brother. And we knew that they had, you know, lived together at some parts, but... Yeah. Yeah. And we always knew that he was doing work behind the scenes involving Mm -hmm. her many, 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 many business ventures that we know she's had over the years. Um, So he goes on a podcast and does an hour-long interview with a podcast. I will say it was very lightly edited. It wasn't super jump-cutty. It was pretty straightforward. And he talked about a couple things He had kind of said that he knew about the Free Britney movement, but didn't really know much of the details of it. He asked, like, there was eight people involved, though. He was like, how many people? Yeah, like, he just... (laughs) You can um, tell he's not involved in social media at all. No, and also had a lot of details kind of confused or just very vague. And, I mean, he talked about the conservatorship, and very bluntly said that she doesn't want to be in it. So that was sort of like, oh, all right. Yeah. And uh, then said that it was a decision made by the family and that it's something that works out great for the family. And then it became awkward for a variety of reasons. I think mo- one of the biggest issues was he has some, I'll just say, misogynist viewpoints about women. Yeah. And they came up frequently which is especially troubling when you are discussing uh, the rights of a woman, uh, which are limited under a conservatorship. He very sort of bro-like sort of, um, you know, the women in this family always have an opinion and it's sort of like, uh, right. It's like, good. um, I'm glad that they do. Yeah. And even the host was like, well, yes, it's their right. (laughs) Yeah. I was not, feeling the whole dude vibe that was going on. I was like, okay. No. And there were, there were parts that were like definitely concerning. We've talked about this a lot, which is like child star. You have a team. All pop stars have a team. We know from our experience that the team handles a ton of things and all of that. The actual artist doesn't have to touch. 
But, you know, the conservatorship is very unique to Brittany. And so he's saying, like, what do you want to do? Like, schedule your own appointments? At one point, he said that about, like, Brittany's discomfort with being in the conservatorship. And that was also, like, I mean, you don't get put into one just because you don't want to, you know, you don't know how to do your own appointments. That was just, like, a very weird example of, like, things that she... There felt like a, a definitely, like, a taking out the whole mental health aspect of this, which is, like, tied into why a conservatorship exists, like... There seemed to be like some troubling uh, underestimating of Britney, yeah. I feel. Like, I also felt like he was just really unprepared. Well, that Like too. if you're doing this interview and you know this is going to come up, why do you not... I mean, I guess I, on one hand, I do appreciate that it was kind of unscripted and felt more relaxed. But at the same time, yeah. I'm like, you know that this... Well, maybe he didn't know, actually. Well, he, he did seem kind of like, oh, what is this? How many people care yeah but also at the same time i'm kind of like you why are you doing this interview and if you were going to do this interview at least have your info like i don't know it just you know like your talking points which like some people will probably hear me say that and be like well we don't want it to be scripted i'm like i get it but like if you're going to give out information like have it be ready and clear and concise so that everyone can understand and no one's confused and thinking like wait a minute like Yeah, and the overall impression he gave, which is not that far off from what we've said in the past, is like, you know, she came into fame young and essentially is not equipped with like being able to make some of those decisions because she has no life experience, which is one thing, but it's also like, so what are you doing to help essentially reintroduce her back into society as in this insane fame bubble that she's in? Because, you know, if she's unhappy with this situation then then what is are the steps being made and maybe that's something that's happening in court Probably. and that's what you know but the thing uh, is, i feel like people forget because it's been so long and i do feel like there's this weird not weird but like today's celebrity like newer pop stars are so treated far more respectfully yeah it, like, even though they still get so much shit it's still nothing compared to what she went through and you know, well, also, I feel like people propelled. don't think of how I think people forget about how massive her empire is and how much goes into all that. And Brian was talking a lot about the business side of it, and just he talked about how he had to go in and clean house. And I thought that was kind of interesting too, how he was like saying how things were a mess when he joined in and like helped clean up the mm. business side of it. And if you think about it, tours, merch, albums, music, perfumes, yeah, I know. Every, like there's just so much. And I'm like, I can barely even keep up with like doing a podcast and having a job and doing my own shit. So it's like, <laughs> I kind of understand how like paperwork alone, just like who is going to handle all that? Like, how does that all, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I think the bigger question is like how that, plays into a conservatorship, which is so, such a strict uh, overseeing of all the things that she can do, including go to, going to like the ATM, as they referenced. And right. so I think he only provoked more questions and answers. In yep. some parts, he was rude. In some parts, misogynistic. And I don't think it comforted a lot of fans. In, but at the same time, I do think it kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit to make it seem less secret plan and more like, messy family business yeah <laughs> almost like 
less evil, more maybe ignorant. I don't want to like be too rude, but like it just doesn't. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it was definitely not helpful compared to having 24 hours before having Jamie Lynn be like, please be respectful of my family, but I appreciate your concern. And then he's just on a podcast for an hour. Right. Being like the contrast of the two things, like social media yeah. being a fever pitch of concern and all of that. Which he doesn't seem to get at all. No. And it seems like he had no idea what he was setting himself up for. And then, you know, he did say multiple times, like the family for the most part, agrees on everything that's happening. And that that's sort of like, there's a lot of, that statement is very loaded. Like, what's the, for the most part, like what, yeah, you know, where's the disagreement? So uh, anyway, it, it definitely did not calm anyone. I, it's only added more questions that I have about the whole arrangement, but you know, yeah, <laughs> it's a fucking circus. I, Oh, a circus? What's the concept for that? Literally, um, she should do an album around that. I just think, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it helped. I do think there are moments that made it feel like her family's all in this together, but then there's just more questions. Right. So that was my takeaway. Like in closing, my takeaway yeah. from it was because I think I may have said this on a past episode of Britney podcast where I, and I, I don't want to like, you know, I feel like if I just say, like, this is my opinion, I always was curious at some... Oh, God, curious. Um, if at some point the conservatorship was protective of her and protective of her businesses and stuff. And so my takeaway from this was maybe things are winding down, things are calming down on the business side and they are going through the courts and they are slowly working towards disseminating this conservatorship as they organize and as they figure things out. This is my opinion. This is just kind of how I'm feeling. He didn't seem alarmed in any way. Like there was no concern or like worry or anything that made me feel like he was concerned about her. Yeah. It seems like they're working it out. They just need to go through the courts and then get all this paperwork and shit done. So stop hacking the Zooms. Let it all play out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely uh, an advocate for not sticking myself into it. Um, It's just they've made it more public now. And now there's going to be more questions and concerns. Um, See you in a month. We'll just have to wait and see what happens in a month, basically. And hope that this is a slow unwinding of the process. And And I have to say, Brad... I'm very disappointed because with all of your connections to Jamie Spears, you couldn't get us the exclusive interview. (laughs) I know my many paid connections and I'm not in. Oh, all those Jamie Spears checks and you're still living in your parents' basement. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm joking. Uh, It's a bad joke. I apologize. We love it. I'm jealous that you're living in your parents' basement. Actually, you're saving so much money. Fuck my life. My I'm stuck in this lease till February. Anyway. Anyway. So that's the latest with Brittany. For more more or less, like that's where it stands now. August 19th is the next date. And mm-hmm. we're gonna wait and see and hope for the best. Yep. And see you in a month. Uh-huh. And then after that, a month after that, know who we're gonna be seeing again walking through those double doors. Who? She's an icon, she's a legend, and she is the moment. 
See you all on September 21st, 2020 for the return of the Wendy Williams show. Finally. Oh my God. Will it be in her house or will it be in a studio? Do you think? No, she did a, she did an Instagram video because she was doing Wendy at home for a long time. And then she was over it. And then she did an Instagram and was like, I can't wait to see you guys soon, but it's not going to be until I can come back through those double doors in my studio. And was like, I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) Just basically quit Wendy at home. (laughs) And was like, see you when I can walk through the double doors. And I was like, uh, but we got a date. So finally. Finally. Well, this will provide ample soundboard content for you. Yeah, it will. That was like my nightly routine. Every night I would come home and watch the first chunk of the Wendy Williams show. That was like my peace in life. So I'm hoping that everyone wears their fucking masks and keeps things going in New York. Wear your masks. Don't enter unauthorized Zooms and wait for the return of Wendy Williams. We will not be kissing or hugging. I I can't. Nope. Nope. Until they figure out this corona. We will not be Zoom bombing. (laughs) Until they figure out this link. (laughs) Oh, get a password and wear a mask, please. Uh, Well, another thing that might be returning, but we don't know for sure. It is the reason for the season of High Fashion Editorial, the theme song. Netflix's Cheer, which was a smash hit in January. So they talked to the director and they said they're still trying to figure it out. There's interest, obviously, in it, but under the current conditions, it's complicated. But they are investigating a season two storyline. Right. Well, because everyone knows what happens at the end now. Right. You go to Daytona. And it gets canceled. So. And it gets canceled due to pandemic. And then what do you do now? I'm not really sure. He also said that he has to be careful about featuring Coach Monica again because you don't want to do enough of a character unless there's more to the arc of her story. So maybe it'll be a little bit more at home with all of them Mm. and like personal struggles. Or maybe they'll introduce like, I'm taking this back to dance moms. Did you ever watch dance moms? Just casually. Oh, that's unfortunate. Go back to season one. Um, (laughs) So it started with Abby, obviously, but then they introduced Kathy from candy apples and then Kathy became an icon in her own right. So I'm wondering if they'll introduce like another coach from another team. And then it's like, who do you, are you team Monica or are you team Candy Apple? Candy Apple. <laughs> Basically, I just love Dance Moms. So uh, we're all going to well, have fun. It's the source of so many quotes too. Yeah, no, I, it's very possible they could take a left turn like that. Um, Mm -hmm. There's an idea, Netflix. Yeah. So anyway, on the subject of cheer. That is a billboard. And that is high fashion. High fashion. (laughs) So editorial. Guys, this is awesome. This is a billboard. This is super high fashion. Oh my God, that's so high fashion. So high fashion. (laughs) Okay, so this week, we have to give a huge congratulations to our RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 5 winner. Pause, hold, spoiler alert. If you have not watched, hit the um, circle with the 30-second ahead skip button on the podcast app. Fast forward. Now we're going to reveal the winner in five, four, three. You say it when I count down. One. Tammy Brown. Oh! (laughs) 
go on Teletubby. Teleport us back to Mars. <laughs> no, we're talking, of course, about Miss Shay Coulee. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Shay. A much-deserved win after a very tough season of lies, deceit, deception, trickery. Chest plates. Chest plates. No, yeah, this was a, a very strong top three. As you and I have talked about, Juju B is very near and dear to the heart and yep. is undoubtedly the funniest uh, contestant, perhaps of all time on that show, as at least as far as confessionals and offhanded comedy goes. Uh, there was a tweet, if Shay wins, I'm going to feel like Juju B was robbed. If Juju B wins, I'm going to feel like Shay is robbed. And they wasted the double crowning on All-Star Season 4. And... Honestly, I cannot find the lie. That yeah. is pretty much how I feel. I feel like many people also were very, you know, smitten with the two of them. Not to discredit Cracker, but it definitely felt like a very like splitting hairs decision because they both offered something that we really enjoyed. You know, and both of them also had like huge redemption arc stories. Yeah. But at least Juju gets to say she's been in the final every time she's been on the show. That Nobody is else true. has that. And my high fashion editorial for this week is Juju's final look, the crown, the cape, the gold. It was just stunning. It was truly fantastic. And I have to say, like, I'm proud of Shay, but like a part of me, you know, the first season of Drag Race I worked on, I was a little gay ass intern. It Mm -hmm. was season two, Juju B. And I worked on All Stars 1. And so I was a little like, you know, it was a little dagger to the heart. I'm not going to lie. I love seeing a queen from the early seasons. Like, yeah, even India Farah. I feel like I am India Farah. Like if I was a drag queen, I would literally have the same tits. You would. Same. You would just do high fashion, dancing and tits. Yeah, that would be you so but like even with india farah coming back it was so random and i was rooting for her because she's such an underdog yeah and so i just have a love for the early season queens angina juju alexis i just think it's so cool seeing i mean someone in like the lgbtq community like having a long career like that and just having another moment to shine because social media wasn't around in those early well it was but like not the way it is now. So I just love that these queens from the past get to have a moment to shine again. So we'll see what happens next. Yeah, I 100% agree. I'm really glad. I do feel like Juju's going to have like a great reinvention period right now. Just a whole introducing herself to a whole new generation of drag fans. And Shay already, in my opinion, was running with the crown without having it yet. She went totally viral for one particular speech during the Black Lives Matter movement in Chicago. She She's going to be using this platform. It's really not a surprise that she won. She's got it already. I mean, people were calling it Shay Coulee's Drag Race from the beginning of the season. It's just, it was not a surprise. So this was like a, a rightful crowning and yeah. Something uh, good happened in 2020. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would say season 12 and all stars five definitely made up for the last two seasons before it. Yeah, I agree. We'll have to do something at the end of the year. That's like the list of good things that happened this year. Yeah. The seven good things that happened this year. <laughs> and seven things. 
Oh, but a quick note to the producers of Drag Race, you need to tone down those final performances. That's oh, just Oh my god, it's so overproduced. Cut we it need out. To reel it back. Just go to redo wrote you. I don't care if you do the same fucking song, but it doesn't it's too much and it's also just it, it's so much that it takes away from their individuality it feels like they're just like trying to keep up with a giant mass production and it's like we want to see them hear their voices and just be more themselves but anyway yeah that was definitely that was the high fashion moment of the week and also stevie nicks wearing a mask while getting her eyes checked was a big fashion look that was <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen that go look on stevie nicks instagram She's an icon, but she's not somebody that you think about all the time. I'm going to go to hell for all the times I've hit that soundbite button. You really are. On all of these icons. Literally, like the gay gods are like, "Mm, I'll show you an icon that you don't want to think about all the time. Anyway, so we've got a new queen, a newly crowned queen. And plenty of other queens that don't have crowns, but they're still icons and legends with new music. That's right. We sure do. Now, we don't stand men on this podcast. We don't. Not in this house. No. But my new music recommendation for all of you this week, I am taking this Jersey Deep House this week, Emo Deep House, with the new Armin Van Buren song, Hollow. Now, Armin is normally, I would say, I feel like I need like a T. Kyle scale of electronic does that sound like a thing? What vibration of tit shaking is it? Ooh. <laughs> oh my God. I like, I, I can see a graphic. We could have a show and there could be a graphic that pops up and it's like a little shaking tit. And from like a scale of one to 10, ooh, I, I have a whole vision here. Can you That's see it? A billboard. <laughs> right. So on a scale of one to 10, on T Kyle's scale of electronic, one being chill step, like mellow like the Cascade song that we talked about last week, to 10, which is like full trance EDM. This is on an 8.5 probably. It is definitely more on the trancey side. But I want to read these lyrics because mm, I was having a moment this morning on my walk. I was like getting emotional. I'm teaching myself to rest, healing myself again. I'm treading water, then healing myself. And it basically just repeats that over and over and over, but that's what an EDM like emo song does. And I was just yeah. like, I feel that. That is like totally my vibe right now. And then the last minute of the song just is like a warp into this, just it goes off at the end. You could do like a high interval moment to it. You could start sprinting if you want. Oh, yes. Get that hit workout in. Yeah. <laughs> For me, that's yeah. just power walking. <laughs> is like a tried and true favorite. If you don't know, he has a Thursday show that he broadcasts. He does like an hour or two mix of songs that are coming out. And I listen to that in the background. He's like an old reliable king of EDM. Yeah. And he also has a masterclass that I really want to take. Same. I just haven't had we'll time. We'll save that for that and we'll do that so that we can become DJs, mm-hmm. like festival DJs. I want to learn how to mix a beat. I think he teaches you that. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look it up. You'll have to look it up. Taking it to another EDM act, Dimitri Vegas and Lake Mike, uh, which I don't really know anything about, but they, (laughs) I don't know who, but they released a flip of Destiny's Child's Say My Name, which kind of like adds sort of a, it turns their vocals like, uh, uh, how do you describe like a, you know how it takes a song 
and it kind of like flips it so that the temp the tone of the song is like deeper so it's like a deeper vocal it's basically like a male voice doing say my name which is obviously disappointing to not hear destiny's child in all their glory but i, I think it's conf- called a remix yeah but they like flip the <laughs> no, I, know what, I know what you're saying <laughs> they've flipped the te- uh the, the tempo pitch. Of the, the pitch the pitch the pitch music uh so i did check they are getting their royalty check find the note find the note <laughs> They are credited on the song. They are getting their checks, so we are going to buy and stream. It is just Say My Name with a, you know, sort of summary club vibe. And hopefully those royalties are going towards the wardrobe budget for the reunion tour in 2022. Right. I'm ready. <laughs> Which I don't think Latoya will and Latavia will be invited, but we'll see. You never know. It would be so fierce if they had every member. They could. They really could. Imagine we'll the see. moment that that would be. Ugh. Farrah Franklin appearing for 30 seconds. Why not? Why not? So speaking of girl groups, besides DC, we have Blackpink are still in our area. They have an album coming out and they are actually releasing another song, which is different from their usual one single every three years formula because they're finally keeping it moving. They have a new collaboration coming. Now the stands all think it's Ariana. Ariana stands for them. A year ago to the day that they teased this, Ariana tweeted about them. Oh, that's right. Uh, so we're thinking it's Ariana, or in my opinion, I thought it could be possible to be Gaga again, just like a return the favor moment of guesting on each other's albums, especially because in a reverse War- Warholian expedition moment, like Blackpink kind of sings most of Sour Candy. So she'll sing most of this song, maybe. They should have a single called Sweet Candy, and it's a ballad. I was thinking of that, like, sweet, uh, what's the opposite of candy? Um, cardboard? I don't know. Yeah, sweet, sweet cardboard. <laughs> it could be. But anyway, there's also, the logo looks similar, Doja Cat, so they also thought it could be that, but I, I feel like it might be Ariana. Ooh. So yeah, uh, there's that. Uh, what else came out? So Sabrina Carpenter, um, Disney Queen, came out with a song for her upcoming Netflix movie, I believe, called Let Me Move You. Uh, a Stargate oh my God, production. what is it called? Let Me Move You. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. <laughs> New uh, additions to the soundboard. Never a dull moment. Well, this was produced this by the duo of Stargate. This one? <laughs> Sorry. Continue. And they are the legends known for doing, like, oh, God, literally everything. Firework for Katie, so many Rihanna songs. So it's a good, like, it's kind of disco pop, and uh, we stand Sabrina Carpenter. So get into that. Okay, I'm looking that one up. (laughs) And then there is Alice chatter who got into some drama by accident with zara larson because they claimed that zara was ripping off alice's video um so you might know her from that but she has everyone's ripping off everyone's video these days they're all filmed at home that's very true oh my god she she totally copied my zoom at home performance (laughs) like (laughs) alice is like one of the ones i've been my one to watch one of them and she's she's like good pop vocal good dancer so she has a song called pretty in pink and it's like kind of like about like a bi orgy or something hot you get into that moment as well i highly recommend and finally over on the uk k 
keeping along the girl group theme is Little Mix, who've come through with a very sparkly summer anthem called Holiday, which, and I don't mean this as shade, is very Smurfs soundtrack. <laughs> it's very like GRL vacation moment or ooh la la. Like it's a fun bop. Something fun, something for the summertime, something for the girls to, you know, get ready and party to. That was literally the creative meeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> what sound are you going for? <laughs> but um, yeah, I think this is a fun one for them. And yeah, that that leads to our two I big... I still don't know that much about Little Mix, except well, for... Well, they won X Factor, and then they became the first group to win X Factor in the UK. Oh. And they... I love Black Magic. Yeah, Black Magic is great. And also the video, the Vine of Black Magic. But yeah. <laughs> it's like literally I mean, all I know. Uh, yeah, oh, it's one of those you, moments. Black uh, uh, <laughs> We kind of need that as the soundboard. <laughs> what would I even hit that to? <laughs> like, Whenever we stumble on something. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, uh, oh, how do you. I. <laughs> I'll have to look that one up. (laughs) But yeah, so that is the roundup of some cute tracks before we get into the main moments, Mm -hmm. the main course. So, well, your girl, she's back. My girl's back. The legendary Miss Kylie Minogue returns with the lead single from her upcoming album, Disco, called Say Something, which is not a cover of Christina's song, With a Great Big World. Which, disappointingly, if it was, I would stand. <laughs> Grammy Award winning song, Say Something, by Legendina. That. that is true. Um, so, Say Something, Disco, okay, yes. Yeah, so we, she premieres the cover for Disco, which is very divisive. Some people love it, some people hate it. I'm learning to love it. I understand. I don't like the typography of her name. Yeah. And I just feel like if they were going, like, everyone's like, you don't get the reference. I get the reference. They're going for like 80s disc, you know, everything from Xanadu to like, like, I, Bonnie Tyler. I, I get all of that. I just feel like they didn't push the fantasy enough, you know, like, make it look vintage, make it look faded. Like, <laughs> these jeans are really cool. I just. I just felt like it didn't quite hit the fantasy that I wanted for that visual. Gotcha. But anyway, um, I'm liking everything else visually that has come so far. And uh, so Say Something, she wrote it last year. And the crazy thing is that all of it could be a perfectly reasonable song about the quarantine. But she didn't write it during the quarantine. She didn't? No, she wrote it last year. What? Which is why this is so weird. Yes. Oh, that's so, so weird because it's, it's so weird. fitting for right now. It really is. Um, are we in a simulation? We are. Kylie knew about this and just didn't tell anybody because she had a really good song about it. Um, I mean, did you see all that shit about the UFOs that's coming out in the New York Times? The what? The UFOs? You didn't see that? Oh, gosh. No. Well, <laughs> side conversation here quick. We don't support conspiracy theories here on this podcast. We don't support alien men. We only support Alien from Britney Jean, <laughs> but 
there is a par- allegedly a legit report coming out in the New York Times next week or like this week or it might even be out already by the time you guys hear this like about some like m- out of the- what was the quote it was like out of this world object vehicle or something that they don't know Uh-oh. where the fuck it came from and I was like you know what now I know why Taylor went back to the woods because I don't blame her get me out of here too you know what uh bring it on I say um the more the merrier we're having a great time down here I could see why you'd want to come down. We're all going to have fun! <laughs> and yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe this is it. Right, like all the little Bobby aliens are in their little ship and they're like... Bling. Yeah, Mars attacks. You guys oh. are in a crisis. I'm on my way. <laughs> Gotta stop. They are not coming to help. <laughs> no. They're like zipping down. They're like, whoop! They grab a copy of Folklore and they're like, boop! <laughs> Back up. <laughs> Oh my God, new Taylor Swift. <laughs> Sorry. It's like those aliens in Spice World. <laughs> Squeezes her tit. <laughs> Whoop. Oh, sign from above. What were we talking about? Oh, right. So Kylie, so, <laughs> so this is a, a galactic disco song. And every line of it just speaks to the quarantine. We're a million miles apart in a thousand ways. She she wrote it at the time. I can see how it was written about like just the divisiveness of the world that we were in, yeah. Even before this, and then I mean, I just it has a beautiful outro ending uh, where she just says, "Love is love; it never ends." Can we all be as one again? Which now takes on new meaning. She is the ultimate smiley, positive, wonderful disco queen, and I stand forever. I really enjoy the song. I think it's really uplifting. It's a good taste of what's to come. She historically has never really come with her hardest as lead single one ever. So I'm I'm ready for her to like live up to the disco title with like a get out of my way or a love at first sight, all of that. Um, but yeah, I'm happy with it. So I have a confession to make here on oh, this no. podcast today. <laughs> it's your first Kylie song you've listened to through and through the whole way. That is a lie. I love Into the Blue and Sexercise. Right. Right. Um, So I first listened to this on my walk the other day and it made me cry in Central Park. Oh my God. I'm going to confess it. I have no shame. Specifically what you just said, the ending where she's like, it's just like this beautiful outro. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh we are all, like, I, I just had a oh, moment. Oh, I love that you were touched. That's so nice. That's so, uh, I cried at the beginning the first time I heard it because I, just to hear her voice again was, like, emotional for me. Also, but. the line, because we all got wanderlust in the darkest place. There it is. I was like, she's got a point. She's got a point. I was, just like, walking through here. the park. It was a beautiful day. I was sweating. And I was just, you know, by myself. And I was feeling like, whatever about the world and i was just like oh wow this like it hits different it really does and i think it's perfectly timed and the weird thing about it is that it doesn't really have a chorus but otherwise it's a good song it's written with biff stannard who every spice girls hit like he's a legend wait he did spice girls Mm -hmm. (gasps) so you know, I think it's a good, good, strong start, and I'm excited to see what disco becomes. I also love the red photo with the red lights. 
oh, well, that's why I was pissed at her. She Stunning. posts that cover, and then she posts that picture immediately after, and I'm like, hello. Yeah, Use that but like, for your cover. I mean, we've been through this before with all our queens. We really have. I'm, I'm just, just thinking of that femme fatale bed photo that got used on 50 campaigns. You, you will understand this. If you zoom in on her picture, it looks like it was taken on an iPhone, and it looks like they used like Photoshop CS lens flare on the stars and yeah, i'm like it's very lens it flare tease it totally and i'm like if you want to do a cheesy 80s moment or like have it be authentic to that era like it doesn't it shouldn't look like 2005 blends that we made on live journal shouldn't well and i can be critical because i have spent so much money on this woman but you're basically like as someone who made a blend on my myspace once <laughs> Do you remember those? um, Know what it reminds me of? Like the. Do you remember those dolls back in the day where you'd make those little like pixelated dolls and you'd like dress them up with pixels? Oh yeah. Do you remember that? That was my introduction to graphic design. So graphic design is my passion, (laughs) basically. (laughs) No, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. She actually used to have like a set of like Kylie dolls too, so that checks out. Hmm. Know what I was also thinking, and then we can like get off this moment and go to the next moment. Yeah. I was really into that whole Purple Disco remix of Raid on Me. I mean, I still am. I feel like I want to do a deep look back into that time period of music. Like, there's something about disco. Like, I don't think I knew that I loved it until I'm seeing and hearing all these new references. And I'm like, I need to go and educate myself on the history of the girls with disco. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, because I mean, that, I've been watching some documentaries actually about house music lately. Um, which, oh, send them to me. Yes, yeah, it's it goes deep. And uh, Jessie Ware, when her album came out, really did a good job of making a lot of references to music that I've been looking up. Like literally, I was geogunning the whole way of every time she was making references. And there's so much there. Like, Yeah, I need know. to go back and do some then <laughs> yes let's do our pop homework mm-hmm. well anyway um leaving the virtual dance floor and heading into the woods shall we discuss yes. taylor swift folklore ts8 ts8 yes welcome back taylor who against all odds decided to pull a beyonce and drop something without any campaigns, any endless teasers, any scavenger hunts for Easter eggs, and just drop it, which is shocking to me. Oh, yeah. This was not just an album with a lot of songs on it. It was a yes, full website a with tons of merch, eight different album covers, eight vinyls. I mean, this was like a massive campaign that just, like a light switch, got turned on out of nowhere. I wonder if Gaga, I saw somebody tweet like a comparison of Gaga's cybersecurity versus Taylor's and Gaga's was a Cheeto in a lock (laughs) (laughs) versus Taylor's, which was a vault, (laughs) which I have to agree. I mean, nothing. There was no indication that Taylor was releasing music at all. So that's pretty good. I mean, even Beyonce, you get those rumblings more. That was, she really pulled a fast one. Yeah. Well, with Beyonce, there were the photos of her filming different things around public locations. Um, I suppose it's easier now to be in quarantine to hide an album, but... Which, speaking of, just for a quick second, do you remember the photos (laughs) of that woman in the Ferris wheel? Yeah. Not the Ferris wheel. Right, is that a Ferris wheel? Yeah. 
okay, I don't, I don't know my amusement rides. I don't know my Disney princesses. I don't, essentially, I didn't have a childhood. Um, the woman that was trapped in the Ferris wheel while Beyonce was filming on the Ferris wheel and she was crying. Yeah. But anyway, my point being that, yeah, there was rumblings and sightings of Beyonce. <laughs> you just had to reference her. What? Just to bring her up. I agree, though. Oh, yeah. I was the... also a crying woman on the Ferris wheel. Yeah, which is like iconic. Like, imagine being that woman and then being like, oh, that was for the XO video. Iconic. <laughs> like, she's part of that legacy of Beyonce's like change literally changing the music industry overnight that woman is part of history in my eyes at least she absolutely is she is equally as iconic as that surprise album drop (laughs) (laughs) but anyway Taylor Swift new album new era new sound yes definitely a new sound so let's you know we obviously have never done a deep dive although there have been requests where do you stand with Miss Taylor? So I remember when she first came out and was doing stuff with MTV. I can't remember what it was. It was like something like MTV New Artist on the Rise or like something. And I remember they were highlighting the first album. It's vague to me. And I was indifferent to it. And then my first sort of moment with her was when I was at the VMAs in the pit when Kanye grabbed the mic from her And I was like shocked. I wasn't really a fan, but I was also like, holy shit, that was a moment. But I didn't really get on board as a fan of the music until 1989, which is just fucking phenomenal. Yes. But that's where I, I, that's like my history. Like I'm, I'm not a super fan where I know every in and out, but I, I'm kind of late to the whole thing, I guess. Yeah. No, I, that makes sense. And it's pretty much, I do remember my first Taylor Swift memory besides the VMAs was one time being in my car in college and hearing 15 and being like very moved by that song, but not wanting to explore any further. I was like, oh, okay, that's Taylor Swift. But I like vaguely knew she was country and I didn't want to even get into it at that point. Because at that point, it was like, if somebody was even vaguely country, I was just like, no thanks. Yeah, I choose my own destiny. So, I did have some of her songs in my early college power hours. I do know that. Oh. So see me in court. <laughs> but <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I have to pull that one and, from the archives. <laughs> and then my, my real introduction is actually because I was living with Sam Lansky, who is a diehard um, Swifty. And when he wrote a review of Red, she wrote him a handwritten letter thanking him for the beautiful review. And he also got to um, hang out with her at one of the shows in MSG when we were living together. And uh, he like came back and told me all about it. And just, this is not new information, but the, the way that she goes out of the way for fans and for people in the industry who who support her is just crazy. And I really respect it. I mean, I know you can say that that's manipulative and like calculated, but like it has to make these people's lives to, to just, I mean, the th- everything from the listening parties with baking them cookies and all of that is like so sweet. The gif of her in the window. Oh, iconic. Well, very iconic. Yes. And so I started I getting do think into that. Her. That is all genuine, by the way. Like I know oh. the media is like, she's manipulative and blah, blah, blah. But well, you can't win in that situation. If you're nice to them, it's calculated. And if you're mean to them, you're a bitch. So, right. But it's also the same thing with her. 
kind of even touching on what we were saying about Britney before, like, this is a woman who has a massive empire. Mm-hmm. You can't just ha- invite friends over and, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's she has to do things in a way that's protective and anyway, but... No, yeah. I appreciate that she's still, my point was, I think what I'm trying to get at is I appreciate that she still puts in the effort to still do these like major things for her fans, given her situation, obviously, as this mega superstar. Um, I just think it's awesome that she's able to figure out how to make that all still work. Agreed. So, yeah, I, I got on about 2012. I really liked I Knew You Were Trouble. I loved 1989 reputation obviously i had a moment with when uh we were dragged um uh-huh. and uh really related to that at one point was crying was reading her poetry it was a dark time it was a dark time and then um here we are uh back in the woods with folklore which is being called her first alternative album just based on the music of it and i really like it me too it's not for everybody it is definitely a certain mood, but... It's fall. It is fall. It is a pumpkin spice latte. It is a cardigan, a sad day, first chill of fall, thinking about a summer romance that ended many years ago. Well, or... I know nothing about that, but <laughs> I love a crispy day in the woods, Central Park. I will say she makes you feel in the lyrics like you did experience it, which is very powerful as a songwriter. Yeah, I definitely think like she evokes certain like colors and memories and it's very cinematic and that is a testament to her talent as a songwriter i definitely think she does that and she does it really well on this album and i have to say like i was pretty put off admittedly by a lot of the lover era i the me with brendan i loved them but the sing-songiness of the whole thing you need to calm down it was a lot it was like kids bop to me truthfully i know that there were much deeper songs in the album but it was just mm-mm. but this is like okay this is a 30 year old woman that i can relate to and who seems to be worldly and and like has experiences to write about instead of hey kids spelling is fun oh i thought that was a bop i'm not gonna lie <laughs> girl there ain't no i in team uh, I mean, I yes, also just and, love him. So, like, oh yes, love to me, Brandon. I was like, I looked at that. I was like, she's the extra on that song, but that's just because I love him so much. But anyway, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I get it. I get it. I just, you know, and I don't need my pop pop stars to be serious by any means. But I just thought this really matched the mood of the moment. Uh, she said, "All right, we are in a pandemic. Let me escape into stories that I make up and also real ones, blend them in and just escape. And I thought that's what that album does. What are your thoughts on the album cover, graphics, like all of that? Because I am obsessed with the whole look. I'm obsessed with the cover. That is like perfect. Now, this will be a very niche reference, but I'll have to get it out of the way. Utada Hikaru on her single collection, Volume 2, in 2010, did a photo shoot in the woods and in nature that is exactly like this, just not black and white. And it really like showed how vast like the nature was compared to her in the pictures. And this is like very similar to that. Um, I just love how tiny she is on the cover. Yeah, it's very symbolic. Yes. Um, I, yeah, and I love all the imagery that came out of it as well. I, it's obviously very uh simple in some ways but i think it really is effective 
Yeah. And I will say the lyric videos are just beautiful. Like, I love that she did that for all of them. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing cinematically too wild about them. No. But they're just beautiful and they're calming and they just loop. And I'm just, it's just such a nice, comforting. I just want it to be cold and <laughs> they're just so pretty. She just did a Agreed. great job of capturing a vibe visually, sonically, aesthetically, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's Taylor Swift, which means that she does a lot of interesting things with her lyrics as far as tying it back to things. I said this already about her um, that because I never followed her full story like we do with Britney. I've missed a lot of the references and she does that a lot. Like the number 13, like there's, Mm -hmm. there's so many like Easter eggs about Taylor that will go over my head in this album. But the nice thing is you don't need to know those things. It just kind of enhances it. But she did say that three songs are connected on this album, which the fans have figured out are Betty August and cardigan. And they're meant to be a teenage love triangle. And each song is a perspective of each person. Huh? And if you look at the lyrics, they all have references to the same or similar things, just from different angles, um, which I think is really cool. She makes the experience really fun for fans, I feel like. like Whether you're looking for clues and pictures or you're finding lyrics that were basically Easter eggs for other songs, I think, just think that's really This is something smart. we can be looking for clues for. We can, yes. <laughs> let's read between these lines. This is okay to re- read between these lines because that's she's doing that on purpose. She's asking us to. Yeah, exactly. There's a big difference here. Yes. Um, I did get mildly dragged on Twitter for my tweet about Betty, by the way. What did you say about Betty? I said Betty threw the first brick at Stonewall. Oh, no. Oh, and no. so everyone was like, wow, white gays, can we not say this? And I was like, oh. <laughs> You know, fair, but like, can we yeah. also just like have a sense of humor because everything is awful? So just like fucking relax. Well, you know what? You got a point. Right? Like, Betty is saying gay rights. Okay. So chill. <laughs> right. So Betty is from the perspective, if you follow along with that fantasy of the, the love triangle of the guys dating Betty, has an aff- affair basically, but it's not that it, they're like teens uh, with another girl. And Betty is him asking for forgiveness for doing that, basically. Oh. But many people, especially the gays, choose to reject that and will just take Betty as a lesbian song. That gay would be me. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to pretend that it's her. And, but like you, know, you she- said before, like her songs are, I don't want to say that they're simple or generic, but her writing leaves so much to interpretation from fans, which is why it's so great because you can listen to something. And if you are someone like me who has absolutely no connection to love songs, you can still listen to things and connect with them in some way. If that makes any sense at all. That makes a hundred percent sense. And I think that is one of her talents is being able to make it universal for everyone. She kind of ushered in that whole idea of the relatable pop star where she's not the pedestal pop star. She's like the one that you can potentially DM and she'll talk to you. I don't think it's a surprise that the music comes across like that. So musically um, it's all with Jack Antonoff, which he's just become this like wonderful co-pilot for like Lord, Lana Del Rey and Taylor. It definitely checks out that it's his work on those songs as well. I would say there's definitely Lana influence. Um, 
Cardigan feels the most Lana, uh, but also like the last great American dynasty feels like um, next great American record, next best American record. And uh, just there's a Lana-isms to it. And she has said publicly that Lana is like the most influential artist out there. So it, it wouldn't be a surprise. And she's had wildest dreams, which sounded like without you. So know what I really want? A duet. No. Oh, well, sort of. I have an idea, and it's for a promo commercial, so I'm just going to put this out there. Okay. Katy Perry and Taylor Swift, because they have a history, right? This yeah. is I think this is a brilliant idea, in my personal opinion. So Katy Perry says, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? And Taylor Swift says, no, I kind of feel like a cardigan under his bed. And no. then, but what happens after? I don't know. Oh, okay. But like, I just thought of both of those songs together. Like Katie was like, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? And Taylor's like, no, I feel like a cardigan. And then Gaga falls off a tree branch and she's like, sour candy. <laughs> right. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'll need some workshopping, but I think that commercial will probably Something. see the light of day eventually. Um, yeah. So what are your standouts? My standout first play was Mirrorball, and I still love it. But now I'm really just, This Is Me Trying is my song. Mm-hmm. And uh, August, I think, is probably like the, the heart of this album. Yeah. For me, I'm really loving Peace. Oh, yeah. And The One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that really sucked you in because you start with that and you're like, huh. It's so, so catchy. Vibe is. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Oh, yeah. And the gays are probably going to denounce me for saying this, and I'm yeah, ready. I can feel it. But I really want Kygo to remix the one. <laughs> I could not have seen that coming from you. Can you hear it, though? It's really just because yes. it's on the piano. That's literally probably. the only thing. But I could hear it. Okay. A summer bop well, we'll to, for August. We'll Something fun for the summertime before it gets cold. I'm not sure that she intended to have these remixed no. for Bob's. Maybe. All in all, it's definitely a mood. It's not going to be for the soul cycle ladies who love Shake It Off. I don't know what her fan base that knows her for that is going to feel because I don't know if they're willing to give this a listen, but especially for people like us who really had no strong attachment, it was easy to get into and very refreshing. But I, I definitely know there's probably a lot of Karens who are like, my daughter doesn't want to hear this. Yeah. I want my lover festival <laughs> refunds. Right. Taylor. <laughs> but it's definitely her most adult record. It's the most like serious. It's I really just well find done, it so calming. Super calming. And I definitely think the song Epiphany, I had to revisit um, because I was reading through the lyrics and realized that it's almost probably definitely about doctors and nurses in the pandemic. Hmm. Um, and that, it's actually very powerful and there's even like the beat to it kind of sounds like a heart monitor. Interesting. Um, And I just think we're going to keep on finding those little things because that's what she does with her music. Yeah. I also love the line about um, drinking Rose with your chosen family. Oh, yep. So many things. It's so intricate. It's like, I'm probably going to discover more and more as I listen. And yeah. Yeah. I have, positive things to say about this album i you know i came into this as a casual fan and really enjoyed it no we didn't even talk about or mention yet what the music video for cardigan oh 
when she is thinking and proves that Jack could have got on the door with Rose. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, like, it is stunning, the video, and also shocking how they were able to pull this off. Yeah, she talked about that, I believe. She she talked about the process of having to film that under quarantine. Um, and she said that it was overseen by like a medical inspector and everyone wore masks and stayed away from each other. Yeah. And she said she did her own hair and makeup. Huh. Crazy. The scene like in the woods with the greenery is just stunning. And the ocean scene, I mean, is like, yeah. who directed There's it? Do we know? Um, she said she wrote and directed it. Oh, there was well, a cinematographer, Rodrigo Prieto. Okay, I'm gonna have to look up his stuff because it was just fucking stunning. It, um, and then to that end, like I'm sure the Swifties have not even fully done the digging, but like to the point about Epiphany, like that song seemingly references her grandfather in the military in the first verse, and there is a picture of him framed in the video. So. <laughs> She just, she loves an Easter egg hunt. It's- I love an Easter egg hunt. I hate Easter, but I love an Easter egg hunt. <laughs> I do have that video that I did on YouTube where I went through the references of um, Look What You Made Me Do. Oh, yeah. Like all the visual cues and stuff. Right. I mean, it's, oh, how cool. Very. And I feel like at the end of her career, she's going to be like, by the way, if you took the second word in each of my songs from this album, you'll realize that I told you this like great secret. Oh, totally. (laughs) It's going to be like Betty was gay. And yeah, she's just going to like continue the the fantasy of her career. Is she still on Tumblr? Yeah. She keeps like a small crew on Tumblr that she still speaks to or something like i think that's also when i got involved with her as like a fan was she was so into tumblr and i was big on tumblr at the time and i was just kind of like somewhere taylor swift is on her laptop scrolling tumblr just like i am yeah and i'm just imagining the shit that she's seeing in her feed because tumblr was like a mess back then And the comments and the things that she would reblog and like, she knew the tags, like she knows the memes. She knows the, like, I, like the no, it's Becky. Yeah. Like she knows, but she's still elusive. And I love that about her. It's true. It's true. So we'll have to say uh, a job well done to Taylor on folklore. And we encourage our listeners to listen to it during, you know, late at night or just if you need like a calm, have some tea. Mm -hmm. It's very that. She could also, another idea, put out the instrumentals. It would make a very beautiful music to listen to while you're working, calming soundtrack. Absolutely. Like an Imogen Heap moment. She did all those like instrumental versions of her albums. Yes. I need them to collab again too. Imogen? Yeah. Yeah. And Taylor. Anyway, as soon as I hang up with you, I'm going to put on Clean and 1989. Pretty legendary if you ask me. Oh, wait. Oh, love- stop. That's not that's not the right person to be referencing with, with this discussion. Oh, my God. Shit. Wow. It's going to be so bad. And here comes oh, just like clockwork. Here's our. All right. Well, on that note. Friend. Yes. Management. So thank you. Yeah. Anyway, stream folklore. <laughs> Gotta go. They're knocking on my door. Oh, oh hey, all right. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and those see you in court memes were also so iconic too. Anyway, so gotta good. go.
All right, everyone. That is all for this week. Anything else? No, we'll just be in the woods if you need us. Yep. No cell service. See you next week. Just aliens, Betty. Literally. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is next week going to throw our way? The aliens might have been the ones in the Zoom, by the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> she sang Alien. They came down, just like she asked. <laughs> They're just popping up their heads like a Toy Story. Like, Don't make a TikTok Zoom. about it, all right? <laughs> Not here on this podcast. <laughs> next week is going to be UFOs, the possible VP announcement. Mm-hmm. August 20... Like, I just... I can't. I can't. It's too much. Oh, God. Well, um, until then, we will... See you... Next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.